Let's do the damn thing, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Louis C. Rhymes, the NFT rapper, a.k.a. NF Trapper, Mr. Camacho by day, the Web3 Apostle by night. It's Louis, baby! And we are outside once again in these metaverse streets, in these music NFT villas, hanging out, doing our thing. You know what the deal is, the best podcast about music NFTs and Web3. Artist highlights all day long with the host, man, the... Captain himself of the ship, Jared T. and Natalie Crew. I'm sure we're rolling late with an outlandish PFP. Ladies and gentlemen, what is popping? We have a special guest. I'm going to let Jared T. introduce him. How are we doing, guys? You know I had to get that in there. I know that's your favorite thing right there. What's up, everybody? Happy to be back. We're on episode like 376. I can't keep track anymore. Um, but we'll get right into it. Super excited to uh, to introduce our guest tonight. Goes by Ricky Lake, not the talk show host. He is his own person. Although that would be cool if you were a talk show host. Um, I had the pleasure of, of meeting Ricky just a minute ago, and Jade was so kind as to uh, to ask for uh, for Ricky to accompany us tonight. And it's it's been my pleasure. Uh, I've been listening to the music, researching you, Ricky. How you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful. Um, I'm feeling honored to be in this space too. So I appreciate y'all for having me here. Most definitely. No, the honor's ours. And I got a little soundboard here, so every now and then we sound off with, like, these, <laughs> these stupid sound effects I got on here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but we'll get right into it, man. And I'm going to give a little bit of backstory, and then I want you to hop in and clean up where I'm rough around the edges at all. But, um, for, you know, um, for anybody that wasn't here at the beginning or that catches this later on, I was doing a little bit of research on my Nardwar type thing. Um, so, Ricky, you originally hail from L.A., when you were like, I think it was 15, you moved to Nashville. And then after spending some time in Nashville, you're now in the Bay Area. Um, you do make hip hop, but you actually, for it, it's very obvious, like anybody that listens to you at all, like no two songs sound the same, in my personal opinion. Uh, and you have lots of influences. And I want to get into some of those, especially maybe regionally, but um, fill us in on, on some of the background on, on where I just skimmed over there. You, you pretty much hit it right on the head. Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, um, turned 14, 15, just right into that going into ninth grade year. And my mom sprung it on me that we were going to move to Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't know where. I didn't know anybody out there, no family, anything. It was just something my mom wanted to do for me and her. So went to Nashville, did high school there. Um, that's where I started doing music, actually, towards the end of my high school years. And then, yeah, I wanted to move back to California, didn't want to go right back to Los Angeles. So uh, my mom went to Berkeley back in the day. So she was like, why don't you go to Berkeley? So I moved to Berkeley. Then I spent a few years in the East Bay. I've been in San Francisco now for like two or three years. Um, but yeah, uh, music-wise, I think you're right. Uh, I definitely, I draw influences from all over the place. I grew up listening to many different types of music. Um, I love hip hop. I love rap. I grew up on that too. It's definitely where my music started in terms of, um, you know, exploring what I could do sonically. It definitely started with a lot of rap. Um, but yeah, I, I've also kind of, I made it a point consciously, kind of subconsciously, I guess, to explore other genres as much as I can. Cause I don't really just listen to rap. Rap is probably makes up like, you know, 10, 15% of what I listen to. I'm really into all types of stuff. Um, so yeah, I was lucky enough to meet some people in the Bay also who have that same kind of mindset. So it's been working out. 
No, I'd love to hear it, man. I, I, so I do, I will very plainly state, I definitely have a preference towards hip hop and that's what I gravitate towards. However, I listen to everything from classical music to R&B to lo-fi to, you know, anything in between. Um, my wife's from Trinidad, so we listen to soca, but she's also into gospel. I can't say I'm a huge gospel fan, but I have to listen to it. Um, and, you know, it, it's a good mix uh, for my daughter, actually, so she gets to hear all sorts of stuff. But anyway, um, I was reading about your influences and um, in, the, in the couple articles that I found, uh, it listed Blink-182 and Nerd, huge nerd fan, um, really, really love, uh, you know, you know, obviously the Neptunes and just the whole production. I, I, Pharrell's one of my favorites of all time. But I do want to ask about your influences, maybe on a per region basis, right? So. LA and it doesn't have to be, you know, if we can, uh, maybe hip hop and, and or not hip hop, LA, Nashville and the Bay, three very different sounds musically. Um, do you have regional influences? Uh, that's a great question. I think, um, Nashville was, (laughs) was a music shock for me. Definitely being there. I mean, even, you know, in ninth grade, 10th grade, before I was interested in making music at all, uh, I really, I I was on the West side of Nashville. So if anybody's familiar with the West side of Nashville, it's very, uh, cookie cutter, at least it was back then. Um, very, I don't want to call it basic, but it was pretty basic. So I didn't really find many music influences in Nashville when I lived there. But that being said, it is where I did start making music. And before I even moved to the South, when I was still in Los Angeles as a little kid, I loved like uh, Slim Thug and Mike Jones, like that whole Swisher House movement. I loved um, like the Nappy Roots. I had a lot of influences that were Southern or, you know, a lot of just musicians I was listening to that were from the South. So. I think actually in terms of hip hop, my whole uh, my whole life, I've kind of been leaning towards Southern style um, groups and, you know, like I've always loved Outkast. I've always loved that style of music, that style of hip hop. Um, but living there, no, I was not in Nashville like, oh, I'm meeting all these cool musicians or this and that. No, I was meeting a bunch of like Taylor Swift wannabes and like white dudes that sit on a stool and play a guitar and cover like some lame song or whatever. I don't know. So I did not, I did not draw much music inspiration living there. I know growing up in LA and who I was around my family members, I definitely drew a lot of inspiration from my parents, from what they listened to and what my sister was listening to. And it's funny you bring up, um, NERD because that's honestly, I remember we had a little room in the house uh, I grew up in. And it had two computers in it. My sister had a computer and I had a computer. And it was like the family's computers. But like, you know, when we was in there, my sister would be on that one. I'd be on the other one. And I'd be playing like Medal of Honor, like Lego racers or whatever. But she would be listening to music all the time. And that's where I first heard NERD. That's where I first heard like Destiny's Child. That's where I first heard Blink-182, honestly, a lot of that stuff. Um, Modest Mouse, like shit like that. So I don't know. I feel like I kind of strayed from the regional question. (laughs) Um but I think I've just drawn influences from everywhere throughout my life. No, you're good. In terms of music, yeah. You're good, bro. And it was so, it, um, I was curious about Nashville. I haven't spent, like, I've been to Nashville. I haven't spent much time in there. I was curious if there's any of the, the Memphis effect in Nashville because Memphis has got its own sound and everything like that. Um, I know you spent some time in Atlanta, so I figured Outcast right around that time, like, Outcast was about as big as they got. 
um the bay though the bay's got a really interesting sound so like i'm gonna date myself a little bit here uh when i was in gosh i think it was middle school like me and my boy like went through this like e40 in the click phase um big keek the sneak fan at the time uh mac dre like all that kind of stuff and it's just you know it's just a, a completely different sound than anything else and you know I, I know you ended up going there a little bit later in life, but you know, I'm sure that's got to have at least uh, you know some proximity to you, right? It absolutely does, um, and it's it's interesting you say that because it's beyond like the people you're just naming who are mainly rap. I mean, you're talking about Keek the Sneak and Mac Dre, et cetera. The the fact that they're so, they were and are so experimental in their you know from everything from their delivery to their content to what they're talking about, their style, the way they dress. It, that that's a bay area thing that that bleeds into everything else too so there's you know there's all ty- all types of musicians up here that have this unique kind of I, I would give it i would call it like a, i don't give a fuck kind of aspect to it but it's not messy it's very like you know people up here are very determined to to portray themselves exactly as they see fit exactly as how they want to do it so that itself has helped me kind of blossom into the artist that I am right now. So I really do appreciate the Bay Area and the artists I met for that uh, mindset, I guess. Because yeah. I think that, yeah, it's definitely consistent across the board. And a lot of my homies who make music here, people I meet, they just don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> They're going to do what they want to do. And if it's tight, it's tight. And, you know, it is what it is. So I love that about the Bay. Well, I, th- I think there's some merit in that too, right? There, yeah, I mean, you can only be what you're going to be type thing. So Exactly. Um, one more to throw at you since we're on this topic, then I'll pass the mic to Louie. Um, and I usually say this for the end, but we're kind of on topic right now. I always like to ask everybody, when you were a kid, usually you pick up, and you had mentioned some musical influence from your parents, whether they're musicians or not. And I've found that whether it's one song or one album uh, or something like that, there's something that sticks with you from when you were a kid that, um, and I'll give you my example. Um, when I was a kid, my mom played the old Mariah Carey tape, like the old school, old school one. And like I could probably recite <laughs> the lyrics to that through and through, despite not having heard that for like 20 years or or more, actually. Um, who is that for you or what what album or what song is that for you? That's a great question. Uh, I'd say it's <laughs> it's I got three that come to mind. It's Alicia Keys. And it's the album with, um, like the di- it might have the album might have been called the Diary of Alicia Keys, or maybe that was just a song on the album. And then she had like an album that was like songs in A minor, like some cool shit like that. And then Christina Aguilera, my mom loved Christina Aguilera, and she I don't know what CD I couldn't even tell you what the songs were, but <laughs> I know when they come on, it's like I immediately go back to my childhood when I hear them. Uh, and the I can see you beat, doing me in a bottle in the background, bro. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, and the third one would be Flowetry. Um, I think the album was called Floetic, maybe. Yo, that's um, a dope album. I love that combo of those two. Yeah, that that was a beautiful album. That was like, uh, and Erica Badu. I'd say Erica Badu and Flowetry were kind of the the ones like, you know, I I still love Alicia Keys and I still love Christina Aguilera, but Flowetry and Erica Badu made me feel different when I was little. I was like, oh, this is some. I just knew that there was something different going on with that type of music. Like they, they really, they touched my soul. Yeah, I'm definitely, I, I'm a big Eric fan as well. Baduism. Um, 
Hell yeah. Window seat, whatnot. Natalie, what's up? How you feeling? Oh, we lost her right when I got all excited. The rug, bro. <laughs> the magic Louis, carpet it's all you, here. bro. It's a magic carpet out here, yo. Um, <laughs> Ricky, what's popping? Let's 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 get a pop. So first of all, let's talk about this song called "The Answer," where clearly we've already. Oh, there she is. Hold on, I'm sorry. She's back. How are we? Hi. Sorry, I keep getting rugged. It's like, nah, you cannot talk to these people. <laughs> you know, cussed out 800 people on Twitter today. You must get off the internet. <laughs> Yo, fam, rug. what is that on your banner? That's like the most memorable picture, but I don't remember what it is. You know what it is? It's an everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> oh, I remember. Is, is that what it is? It's like the ad, right? Oh, oh, yes, the gobstopper. That is. If y'all don't so... know what a gobstopper is, we obviously are not the same age, and y'all are hella like <laughs> young. Y'all still got no. big fuzz and similac on your upper lip. I definitely know what a gobstopper is, and I can't believe that's what that is. I have I used to see that so much. That's fucking wild. Um, but yeah. So anyway, so Natalie, what? I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're in the in the Billy. Um, and yeah, we're just getting to it with Ricky, you know, we're, we're just talking about his journey. So I wanted to uh, just say, bro, so you got to talk about this song, The Answer, where you've clearly identified the answer, which is this fucking four foot bong that you got here. Looks like it's going to pop at the bottom of it in the beginning of the video. Holy shit. That's fucking awesome. And yeah, the song sounds dope too, but you know, that was the answer clearly for me. Talk about it, bro. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that uh, shout out Wobbles. I think he's in here right now. He has that bong at his house right now. Um, but yeah, that video and song are definitely something I hold close close to heart. Uh, shout out Matt Zolly for that wonderful production and direction on that video. Um, but yeah, that's a song I made like that's like pre-COVID. I made that song like four years ago, three and a half years ago. Um, with a few homies of mine in San Francisco. It was actually late at night. We was at the studio. We were just messing around. We was definitely drinking tequila, I think it was. And then, yeah, my homie Taifa started playing that on guitar. And yada, yada, y'all have heard how a song is made. So that happened. Um, and then it kind of just sat there. And it's funny because my homie Nano, who was running the session when we made it, um, was probably the most intoxicated off of said tequila. And so, you know, it's his job to be hitting save on it. So he wasn't. And we made the whole song. I'm talking like we tracked guitar, we tracked vocals. We, it was like pretty, at least the rough demo was done. And I was like, Nana, did you save it? And he was like, huh, I didn't save it yet. And I was like, save this bitch. And so the song was actually called Save This Bitch for like three years, pretty much until we were actually going to do something with the song. And we were like, probably shouldn't call it Save This Bitch. Um, but yeah, that's my funny little story about that song. But anyways, yeah, so that video, um, it was definitely an experience where we had a meeting with Matt, and he sent Matt Zolly, who directed, and he's sending us, like, he's showing us the storyboard, he's showing us all this shit, and it's, like, four-foot bongs and, like, porn stars and fucking, like, what else? Uh, a pink Maserati. Like, it was just so much going on. Like, I was sitting in that meeting, like, there's no way. This is all about to happen and then over the next three days of shooting every single thing that he said was gonna happen happened uh shout out jessica drake who is a wonderful actress and she's an adult model and 
she um she ended up being hired for the video she was hella cool obviously that was something i was super nervous about uh i've never you know i've done music videos but i never kissed somebody on camera or, like had to like look like i was in a really you know act really so the whole experience was unbelievable though one of the most fun things i've ever done um the outcome was you can see it it's just a great music video it's, it really is and i'm not somebody who likes to float my own boat uh as they say but that was some good shit. the answer is a good song it's a great video um yeah it was something where the whole team came together and shined which was awesome you better float your boat who else gonna row the boat but you <laughs> Well, Amen. Called, like say you a pretty boat. You got <laughs> to float your boat. <laughs> I'm floating. I'm floating. Well, on that note, straight out, straight out the gate. So that song is, you know, available as an NFT. I guess I, I, I want to segue into that, and I want to ask you more nerdy crypto questions. Well, not nerdy, but just like fun things. Uh, but since we're on the t- the topic of that song. Uh, it's on catalog. Any like special plans for that? Is that the first NFT you've ever like minted? I don't know where that is in your scope. I mean, I, I see you're here doing stuff, um, but I see it's on catalog. So talk about it. Oh, so no, actually, that's I think the answer became my fourth NFT we dropped. Um, first one was on catalog as well. It was a song called Good Morning. It was just called GM. Um and that one's it was my first Web three experience. It went really well. Catalog team was really cool, and it sold, which was just an icing on top. Um, and then from there, we actually made a music video for Good Morning and put it up for free on. Eh, I'm forgetting what we put the free music video on. But we put it up for free. We airdropped it to the original buyer of the song. Um, and since then, I think I've had. We dropped another one on catalog, and then the answer was the first one where we kind of spread the love across multiple platforms, where we dropped the video on Glass, we have uh, the 101 on catalog, and then we have additions on Mint Songs, I want to say. Um, but yeah, it's been, it was definitely my most elaborate Web3 drop so far. Well, fuck yeah, bro. No, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I just obviously I got intrigued by it because of the video first, and then I realized it was the NFT. Um, so, yo, so to that point, going back, we asked you about the history, like not history, but like how you got tapped into music, who your influences, but um, in this crypto space, in this NFT space, uh, you know, who are the people that you kind of have, you know hopped on to in just terms of following and like seeing what they're doing and checking out that have really kind of inspired some of the things that you you've done or plan to do have you have you are you tapped in in that way yeah uh i definitely pay attention to a lot of the people locally in oakland and san francisco um that are involved with web3 um i, I guess i'll shout some people out like there's a homie aroma out of oakland i believe they're from oakland Aroma sick as fuck. Like music wise, minus everything else, just blows me away every time I see them live. Um, but then seeing their uh, kind of involvement in Web three, along with a lot of other people out of Oakland, um, it just gave me. I'd already been, you know, those people I follow online. I won't even name names. Those people I follow on Twitter, and I enjoy their, you know, their their experience, their sharing in Web three, you know, publicly, which is cool. But then when there's these people that I can actually meet or even just know that I can 
interact with in a different type of way, in a more community-based way locally. I think that just kind of inspired me and intrigued me much more. So yeah, I've, I've dipped into, uh, or I've been following a lot of people in the Bay mainly and some out of LA, but Aroma is the first one that comes to mind. Obviously I follow Latasha. Everybody knows Latasha. Latasha's dope. Um, trying to think who else off the top of my head. Uh, there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's definitely people I'd be looking out for, but I'm also somebody that, I'm somebody that really kind of, and it can be a fault sometimes, but I, I really kind of stay with the people I'm with and I'm inspired by who I'm around. So like people also ask like, who do you listen to right now? Or who, you know, half the time it's going to be like, I'm listening to my friends. I'm listening to, cause they're talented, but also it's like, I just love to support people around me who are also supporting me and uplifting me. Um, so sorry, I kind of strayed there, but yeah. Nah, fam, no, nah, you're good, you're good. So crypto and NFTs is a pretty fucking intimidating thing, I'll be completely real. Did you get, uh, like, you know, what was... <laughs> I basically, I, I don't know how many NFTs I burned out of my Genesis collection, but I burned fucking too many, probably like four, uh, and it makes me want to just go crazy. But, like, what was your experience, like, like the first time you got into NFTs, your first, you know, transaction for a song? Like, was it smooth sailing? Was it all good, or was it, like... What would you advise the people on uh, from your experience when they when they hop in? My first experience as, yeah, like I was saying a second ago, was really great, honestly. Um, it was that uh, one of one we dropped on catalog for this song called Good Morning. And it was, uh, I, I feel like it's a cliche thing that almost at this point that gets brought up in so many of these spaces. But for me, it really, especially coming from a web to you know, dropping on Spotify all the time type of person, type of artist, that first drop on catalog and then having it sell, but not just having it go, but having it go to somebody who I now can see, wow, this person saw this value in this song and I can now communicate with said person or, you know, we can, I can see interest. I can even put a PFP to this person who is listening to my song. Like that blew my mind. Because I'm used to looking at numbers on a piece of paper that are like, you had this many streams in this place or whatever. No type of, nothing beyond that. So immediately I really started to, I noticed that connection that uh, is possible in Web3 that I had not experienced before, um, which I liked a lot. But I would also say that don't be discouraged by something not you know going the way you wanted it to like putting yourself out in this these types of spaces that's the only nft i've sold and i've as i stated i've put out quite a few but it doesn't that doesn't i don't let that hinder my motivation or anything at all because i just appreciate this like this right now what we're doing this is something that a year or two years ago i just had no i wasn't doing this this wasn't something that was available to me there were no panel spaces any type of that inner live interview that just wasn't happening for me and i think that web3 is opening a lot of doors for artists such as myself to put themselves out there in front of a yes a big audience but so much more con smaller and condensed than what we're used to where it's like oh, i'm just throwing this into a vast sea of spotify world or whatever soundcloud world which i still do and i'm not trying to hate too hard on the web2 platforms i just think that don't get discouraged in Web3 if you're not, you know, making money or whatever. And also probably reevaluate your goals if you're upset over that. Because I do see that happening. I onboard homies and then they kind of lose interest because they're not seeing the return. 
but the return may not be a financial thing at first and that can happen and that's i'm not saying we're not here trying to make money too because i'll be honest that's part of it for sure but the bigger much bigger more important part to me is find a community that you can become involved in find a community you want to build upon yourself or whatever but um yeah that's that's probably my really shittily said advice for somebody trying to get into the space Fair enough. Good shit. All right. So last one for me for a second. So, so you've clearly had success on Spotify. That's fucking awesome. And that's very fucking hard to come by, obviously. Um, and, and so, you know, that said, being involved in web three, how do you, how do you leverage web three and web two to maximize your, your optimization of the Hujama Watsas, you know, to the people basically getting getting out there and getting your yourself out there via Web three and Web two. How do you use them both in conjunction with each other? Do you connect them at all? Do you keep your audiences separate? Uh, there's a lot of people who do you know different things, and I really don't know that there's a right or wrong way. I always I think these are really interesting situations at this time because it's so underdeveloped. So I, I'm wondering from a person who's looking at numbers all all day on Spotify, how do you approach that differently, you know, in dropping an NFT and, and how do you use what you've done in Spotify and web two to like apply it to web three almost to, to, to build something even off of that, you know? That's a great question. <laughs> it's a great question. It's a question that I think, uh, I'm still trying to figure out, honestly. Um, I, I know that there's definitely different methods, um, that I use specifically between web two and web three audiences. Cause they are different. Um, you know, we can be honest, they're different. Um, I'll be real. I wasn't on Twitter that much before web three. I mean, I wasn't on Twitter at all, to be honest. Like I, I just wasn't, I, I had no interest Me neither. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I had no interest. All my homies was on Twitter too already. Cause they just like to talk shit. But I, I saw no need for myself to get a Twitter until you know, I got into Web3. So, you know, that's a very menial thing. But there's little things like that that I I do differently, I guess. Um, but mainly, I'd say, like, it's the rollouts that are so different. It's like, I can do this for, you know, say I was dropping an NFT tomorrow or whatever. I was dropping some type of project in Web3. We can do spaces, you know, I can play my own space. I could be invited to other people's spaces. Um, there's that's That's a small thing, but that's automatically a huge difference between what I was doing before and what I'm doing now. I'm also now trying to kind of morph that a little bit, uh, specifically being Twitter spaces. Like uh, me and my homie Taifa, who also makes music with me, every two weeks, roughly every two weeks on Thursday, we do a Twitter space where we just have somebody we like that we know and we interview them about Web3, about whatever it is. And a lot of times it is based somebody based in Web3, but we've also had some that are not based on three because we kind of want to try and morph it into more of like a just a, our own little community of people with like like-minded people who some could be involved with three some could not but at the end of the day we're kind of onboarding each other because i think it's a big uh it's a big thing everybody wants to onboard people on web three onboard people on web three and i do too but then you got to realize some of these people have other things that we should be onboarding onto that can help our careers or help us as people, you know, whatever it may be. So I kind of just try and share with my knowledge and my experiences with my homies and see if they want to become involved in it and see if we can bounce ideas back and forth. Um, other than that, though, it's a pretty separate world. I'll be real. 
Um, I, I know that there's marketing things that we do for a Web3 drop that just are either impossible or they're just not necessary for a Web2 drop and uh, vice versa. Um, but it is something that I am trying to slowly work together, work towards meshing those worlds together a little bit for myself personally, because I know it'll take a long time for everybody else. But because it is it is frustrating as an artist. It's not really that fun having two different <laughs> lanes you're trying to hit. It would be much more convenient and uh, strategic could be combined. So, yeah, that's a great question, though. I really appreciate you. Well, now, man, um, we always do like to sample the music, and we started the space with the answer, but I picked out two others that we can sample a little bit. So um, this one we're going to play is The Rift, and then, or just Rift, and then we'll get back into it. me every time i play those little kids that, yeah the kids cheering is fire that's like one of the best sounds i've heard in this space. <laughs> that's not kids that's actually me oh okay <laughs> <laughs> you'll see too if, on if, the, you know vocals if people start getting out of pocket natalie shoots shots like this <laughs> the ghetto oh my goodness oh my goodness i'll get me out i'll be like oh shit <laughs> But no, man. So, like, you know, I, I was feeling rift. Um, that is the advantage of of, of me uh, controlling the board here. I get to play some of the songs that I really like, and I really liked rift. Um, and I do think it was a kind of a chill, kind of a laid back vibe to it. Um, you know, in some of the articles, they had the word they used was sensitive, and I don't know that I'd necessarily use that word. Now, I do think that there are some other um, some other songs where you do present yourself as maybe vulnerable um but i do think that um from standpoint and you know for people listening that that is can be endearing and so um but also it's real right like it's authentic and so i don't know that there's much other way for you to go about it right and like i don't know to me that speaks volumes and i really appreciate it but like you know i think i know the answer to this when i ask it but like that's just you just coming from your heart right yeah, it's, it's definitely just me coming from my heart. Um, it's funny you say that they said sensitive. Because I'm sensitive. I am. I think it's a good word. I'm not afraid to be sensitive. I'm not oversensitive. But I'm sensitive. <laughs> I'm emotional. I, uh, 
I channel a lot of it into my music in a way that is very corny sounding when I say this, but it is like a diary for me. It, it always has been. That's how I started doing music when I was 17. Um, and, you know, I think there's connotations people think about, oh, well, it's a diary entry would be, you know, sad or this or that or about your girlfriend or whatever. And like, sometimes it is for me, but sometimes it's about Yo, this one night me and the homies was off this shit we did this and that and it was a great time so i think uh all my music speaks from me it's it's me from my heart from what i want to listen to i started making music to get shit off my chest and to make something that i could listen back to and be like that's fucking cool and from there it grew to all right i want to show my best friends and if they fuck with it too that makes me feel good also and beyond that, it never really went past that. Like, I, of course, I appreciate anybody that will listen to my music and, and like it and enjoy it or take something from it that's positive or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, this is still just for me. It really is just for me. It, it's for me and the people I hold close to me. So to, to share something like that in that way, of course, it's going to be sensitive. <laughs> of course, it's going to be from the heart. Uh, authenticity is huge to me across the board for everything just in life. So, yeah. No, and I, and I think you could tell. So it, it, it comes through, uh, you know, it, it's communicated clearly. Art. Uh, what I did notice too is, and, and you had mentioned this, and again, and I keep referring to the article, but you had mentioned um, someone making some of these fusion records, right? And has that always been a direction that you wanted to go? I know you have like a myriad of like different influences, whether that be hip hop or, you know, Blink 182 or, or Nerd or whatever it may be, um, have you just always kind of gravitated towards doing like these fusion slash crossover type things? I think it took me a while to be, uh, I want to say, bold enough, I guess. Um, it's easy to start in any type of art form, I'm assuming. When you start and you do something and you have something that even slightly gets you know makes you feel like oh shit this is good this is different i accomplished something with this sound or whatever it may be um it's kind of hard to get out of that you kind of keep making it some people are great at doing that but for me personally it took me a while to get out of just making rap songs because i really did just make rap and hip-hop songs for quite a while um but yeah so going back to my influences it's also something i've learned in my career that i have a lot of influences but i have a small handful of influences who actually influence my sound, if that makes sense. I listen to a, I'll, I'll say somebody like NERD influences me in a lot of ways, but I wouldn't even say necessarily musically. For me, my music, music influences were like the Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie and yeah, like Blink-182, um, Modest Mouse, Franz Ferdinand, much more rock-based stuff. That's just kind of the... Uh, the style of stuff that I was like, I want to make this. Like, I, I want to eventually have a song that can even be at the bottom of the list while this song is at the top. Like, I want to be in there. I want to be in the stands at their ballpark type shit. Um, so it took me a while to realize that. And I think that was very important because I spent a lot of time trying to emulate artists that I just liked and listened to. Because um, I also had an understand. I'm self-aware enough to know that I can make song. I can listen to a song and be like, oh, I want to make something that sounds like that. And I know myself enough to know that whatever I make is going to sound nothing like that song at all. But it'll be cool. It'll probably be cool. Um, that's why I draw influence. So 
it took me a while to realize that there's certain styles and artists that I really looked up to that I wanted to, um, you know, follow down their route sonically. And, and I had to realize, like, all right, that shit's not for me. Um, so now if somebody was to really ask me, like, who are you listening to that's making you, you know, go back in the studio immediately? It's a very small handful of people. Um, but my inspiration draws from far and wide. Um, so yeah, it, it took me a while to that. And on top of that, it took me a while to be bold enough to go into the studio and be like, "Hey, like, let's try and make a vampire weekend song right now. Like, let's see what happens when we try and do that." Um, but yeah, so that's super interesting to me, and like, it almost reminds me of um, kind of like a post Malone kind of a story arc. You know, he he kind of came in, not kind of, he came in via hip hop, and but he had. Uh, publicly stated that his desire was always to go like end up on the countryside of thing, be a little bit more melodic and uh, that sort of thing. So um, I think it's cool. I think that's cool that, you know, you found a way in and then you still explore that, but like you've got an overarching thing with that you want to progress to as you become more comfortable. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you is, so the, the upcoming album, if I'm not mistaken, is called uh, Altered. And do we have a date for that yet? I don't think we have a date for that yet. And I'm not, I probably should have talked to my team about what I can say and what I can't say. <laughs> no worries, man. Um, but there is, there is two projects coming up. I think I can say that. There's two projects coming up soon that are both related to this altered project. And it'll be sooner than later. <laughs> and yeah, there, it is called Altered though. You got the name right. Yeah. Well, you're going to get Louie all excited. Louie's a, uh, a sucker for Alpha. Um, <laughs> it's that juicy Alpha here. On the <laughs> Give it to us. Let me squeeze that juice. Let me squeeze that juice. <laughs> yo, so hold up. You were talking about your journey, but yo, when was the first time you actually ever felt happy with a song like you loved it? Ooh. Um, I mean, I was the first songs I was making, I was like 17. And I was going to, like, a rich-ass white prep school in West Nashville. So, like, anything I did <laughs> and I went back to school, people were like, oh, my God. Like, this is the best song ever. So the first song I actually think I ever really recorded on was the Vans, the pack, the Vans instrumental. And I remember going back to school with that the next day. And it was, like, I was, like, Tupac. Like, the, I, trust me, the song was ass. Like, I don't even know what I said anymore. It was definitely ass. Absolutely horrible. Um, but even, even that kind of recognition, I still knew like, okay, this is cool. But like, I don't know if people are really feeling it or, you know, I don't know if I'm really feeling this, feeling this. I'd say the first song I made that I really liked probably was with my homie Camus, who lives in New York now. Shout out Camus. Um, it was in the Bay. So this was far down my music career, I guess, kind of, you know, in terms of when I started making music, um, it was called Pirate's Booty. And it was after I had found out about autotune and how to use it in GarageBand, because that's what I was using at the time. And uh, I remember I had just met Camus very recently. And so I was in the Bay having moved from Nashville. He was in the Bay having moved from South Carolina. So we just linked. We just had a bond immediately. I remember he had a broken arm. We were in my room in Berkeley. And he was like, bro, we're not going to write down shit. We're just going to freestyle this whole song. And we freestyled that shit. It's called Pirate's Booty. And that shit got my most likes ever on SoundCloud, too. But it was something right when we finished it. We were like, whoa, like, this is different. 
you know, we were listening to Lil Yachty and all those people at that time. This is a while ago. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the first song, Pirate's Booty. Shout out Camus. That was a hit. <laughs> it's probably on the internet somewhere. Shout out Camus. Bro, speaking of hits on the internet somewhere, we I've got no. a bounty out. If anybody can find uh-uh. that piece stuff, I will send you a free Louis NFT. Find Natalie's freestyle. We need it ASAP. It's got to be on the internet somewhere. There's a Natalie freestyle? Yeah, That's, the, that's the rumor, bro. Deep in. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm on the hunt now. I don't know what he's talking about. Anyways. <laughs> She's lying. She always lies about this. We'll, we'll find her one of these times. We'll get her some like tequila shots or something like that. She'll redo it. Whatever. I don't even drink tequila. That's going to be a, a, a disastrous road to nowhere. Um, <laughs> I know better. Back to the Ricky song. <laughs> so back on, on uh, the Ricky topic, um, you know, Ricky with, with Altered, um, the next song that I picked out, I think it's your most recent release. It's called Timba. Is that off of Altered? Yes, yes, Timba is off of Altered. Gotcha, perfect. So uh, I'm gonna, we're going to sample this one, and then I want you to talk about it a little bit. Cool. Catch me on the west side, feeling like I'm just hoping it's sunlight, baby. Me falling in love, yeah, televised. Bag of white snow got me feeling like maybe I'm not crazy, she can't save me If I don't need saving, no Then it made me miss my show But she's head to toe when she's beautiful Wanna run my funeral I'm trying to break bread with her Fuck that, I'm trying to rock the bell with her Put the red flags bright like a highlighter This might take some This might take some This might break my mind This might, this might take some time Family, they all about to make it. My baby D is calling. No, I'm too faded. Till I pick up that shorty was good. She finessing, she jug. She got me so short like that. But I feel that feeling me back. Baby, I might just have to call you back. loving that one man that one's vibes for days um the production on it you know i'm been on like kind of an afro beats kick lately and kind of has those vibes a little bit to me um but talk about it that's let's hear what you get thank you i appreciate the love um yeah that's a fun song uh my favorite <laughs> my favorite quote about it is my homegirl jordan calls it my island goth song which i just think sounds really cool but um, yeah, we made that one at a writing camp, if I'm not mistaken. So I work, 
out of a studio in San Francisco called Different First Studios. It's a very world-renowned, famous studio. It's actually got mad history in here, like hell of history in here. It's a great space, um, great studio. It's run or it's owned. The building's owned by Patrick Studio Dad. I think he's in here, who's also my manager, who also runs Text Me Records, uh, which is a label I'm signed to. Um, so we, we do writing camps sometimes where he'll invite, you know, specific people to come through the studio and they'll have like food and drink and <laughs> we all drink a little and smoke a little, whoever wants to. And we just make music for like, sometimes it'll be like four days. Sometimes it'll be a couple days, whatever. Um, and I'm pretty sure this song came out of one of those camps or else I just went on a tangent for no reason. But I think it was a camp and it's called Timba because my homie Tim, uh, Graham Banks, he's one of the most talented musicians, producers, amazing people, best Canadian in the world. He's just, he's a big friendly giant, but he's incredibly talented at making music. Like, I can't stress that enough. Um, him, pretty sure it was also Leanne who works, who runs the studio section of Different First. She runs the studio, the main studio herself, um, with Grace, actually, her and Grace. But Leanne also worked on that track. Um, and it was something where her and Tim were kind of making it in a different room. And I just walked in, I think, as it was done. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, guys. Like, what is this? Um, I think Taifa was walking in there with me, too, because he's, he's who else is on that song. Uh, shout out Taifa. I think he's in here right now. Yeah, Taifa. Pretty much any song you're playing, any song you hear by me, he has a big part of it. Um, that's my that's my road dog right there. But yeah, so we walked in the room like, what is this? We need to do something with this. And I think it was actually something where, you know, it was camp. So we could have already done like five, four songs that day. And it was kind of the end of the day type situation. So we were just like, send us that. And then I think maybe a week later, maybe something like that. So it was post camp when it was just me and Patrick in the studio. Um, he was like, you want to get on that Timba beat? And I was like, yes, I do. And then I started singing, and then that song came about. And uh, Taifa came in with that second half of the chorus that is so fire. And, like, it's just that really, for me, that's what pulled the whole song together. Um, it is the song that we least like to play live because it's really annoying for some reason to play live. Um, people like it still, but we always, it's always the one we're on stage. I turn to Taifa, and I'm like, it's time. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then we play that song. But it, we do love the song itself. It's just a... It's a difficult one to perform, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a it's definitely got a lot more um, reception than we than we thought it would. You know, it's pretty different than anything else I put out. It's different than the singles I was putting out at the time. I think it came right after Rift. We dropped the answer, and then we dropped Rift, and then we dropped Timba. Um, and I think Timba's doing well on like some like East Coast uh, college radio or something like that getting some numbers up there which is pretty cool pretty cool um yeah so timba has been a, a beautiful surprise no it's a, it's a good it's a good sound it's a good look um if that's indicative of things to come on altered uh i'll be lo i'm looking forward to, to the album for sure um i've just got one more and then we'll get into our uh, our wind down stage and you'll see we've got a whole section for this um last thing i have and this is probably going to be a dumb question uh, you go by Ricky Lake. I don't know if that's a moniker or like if that's your real name, but and obviously this is going to date me as well too. When I hear Ricky Lake, I think of the old talk show host. How did the name come to be? 
So you are absolutely correct. It is an old talk show host, and I am not too young to know Ricky Lake on UPN. I grew up, I grew up with Ricky Lake coming on after some shit I would be watching, and I'd always turn it off. But then my mom would be like, "Turn Ricky Lake back on." So that's I, I knew about Ricky Lake. I knew the name. Um, it was much more of a. It's not my real name, by the way. Yeah, I guess I should say that it's not my real name. Um, it's funny. I'm just now falling into the like. People really call me Ricky, though. Like it's. I've had friends over the time where I'm like, why do you so adamant about people calling you your nickname? Or like, why don't you want it? But now I'm kind of to that point where it's like, oh, no, I don't want you to know my real name. Like, I got to – Ricky Blake has to be a thing. Um, but it came about because I've had a lot of other monikers. And the one I had before this was actually pretty good. So I guess I'm about to just dox myself and say my name. My name is Marcus. My real name is Marcus. It's a beautiful name. It's from what my mom gave me. So I still appreciate that name. But the other moniker I had was my friend Marcus. And I kind of it's pretty good name, honestly. Now that I'm really thinking about it. But to me, I was like, if I want to like paint, be a painter one day, or like I don't know, like something where I gotta sign my name at the bottom. Like I don't want to sign my friend Marcus. So I was like, what's a name that could really last me? That could really, um, you know, really like not hinder me in any way where somebody might box me into a certain box <laughs> i guess by just my name um and then i just was thinking of names and ricky lake i guess i subconsciously always thought was a cool name because i landed on that one and everybody else was like that's pretty cool and then i was just like all right i guess i'm ricky lake now yeah a lot of people think i'll have like some really really cool story about how i came up with ricky lake but I don't. I pretty much just picked it out the hat in my head, like, yeah, I'll, I'll try this one now. And then it just stuck, and here we are years later, and I'm still Ricky Lake. So, I was actually just hoping that you were actually on Ricky Lake or something like that. Like, Oh, I should tell people that. I should, I should just tell people I was on the show. I should absolutely tell people I was on the show. That would be way cooler. Yeah, just come up with some dumb to go with it, but... No, I mean, that's cool. That's cool. I, I know they, uh, they bounce around with names, and sometimes people will stick with the real one. Sometimes they come up with something. So, Right. Actually, there was there was brief talk. Uh, shout out Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi is a, a team of wonderful people I work with. Jade's and Hi-Fi. Um, they, I, they, I don't know. Maybe it could still happen, but there was a little talk about some type of some type of meetup or something with the real Ricky Lake or, like, something. I don't know, so. You might see me on. You might see me on camera with Ricky Lake one day, or doing an interview with Ricky Lake. I don't know. No, Bro, a dream. If you could pull <laughs> that off for like a music video, like have Ricky like hosting you on there. Oh like, yeah. Oh my god! Like we get the whole set to look like the. Oh, that would. It'd be, be so cool, right? I need fire. to be in the video, like when you know, back in the days on Ricky Lake, they used to at the at the end, you go Ricky, go. I need to do that person. <laughs> yes, yes. Everybody's invited. Whenever this happens, everybody's invited. I'm in. I'm in for it. Um, all right, man. So we're in the wind down section here. This, so this is what we did. Anybody you want to give a shout out to, you can give a shout out to. You can throw shade at. You know, we got all sorts of things. I got gunshots. You heard those. We got slaps. <laughs> Just like that right there. Uh, anything that you want to get into, shout out, slap them up. Um, tell anybody that you got uh, what you want us to look out for and everywhere we can find you on socials and whatnot. Sweet. You guys really got the, the sounds down. Those are fire. Um, I would like to shout out myself 
<laughs> I would like to shout out. You uh, can do that. Come <laughs> on. I'll shout out the whole Text Me Records team because that's really a, a big part of where I'm at. That's how I got here. A big part of how I got here and a big part of how I continue to do what I'm doing now is because I have not just a team of people doing stuff, but a team of people who love me and I love them and we take care of each other and we have the best intentions in mind for each other. And I think that's very rare in this vicious industry that we are all in. So I show the most amount of gratitude to Tiffany Records, to Patrick, to Tiffany, to Wobbles. If anybody don't know Wobbles, he's in here right now. Wobbles is like, he's like, if you look up GOAT, like he's like really like, why people start calling people goats greatest of all time like he's one of those people bro like he holds down the fucking fort no matter what is going on so i, I definitely want to shout him out shout out taifa who's also in here that's my brother that's my damn near blood brother at this point we've been through everything together um shout out jade shout out the entire hi-fi team for helping me be, be the best me my ass i need my ass kicked because that does happen uh, shout out my family, shout out my mom and sister, who probably will never listen to this because they have no idea what Web3 is or probably Twitter even, but gotta shout out moms, you know how it is. And I'd say, yo, man, this is dope. This was hella fun. I've done quite, not hell at Twitter spaces, but I've done quite a few, and this is what me and my homie Typhoon, like, this is what we want for ours, like, this kind of conversation, you know, this isn't some, like, I didn't feel, I'm not getting grilled, you guys aren't getting grilled, nobody's feeling like, Oh, I gotta know how to code a fucking, you know, this is just chill. This is just talking. So shout out y'all for doing this because this is special and this is what we need. This is the cool side of Web3 to me. Um, and then Shade, I want to say, first, no, I'm playing. I don't got any shade to throw today. Uh, but yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Man, I got, I got, I got it on deck. I really am trying to think of somebody I could throw shade at, but I, I can't think of anybody right now. Don't worry. Natalie got you covered, bro. Um, <laughs> Affirmative. I'll hop in here real quick. I'll give mine because we like to give these two a little space. Mm, hope you got a pillow ready. You can take a nap and all that good, good stuff. Wow. Um, shout out everybody that showed up. Uh, Ricky, appreciate you for coming through. Louie, Natalie, you know, I love you. Jade. Uh, Jade does hella work behind the scenes. Um, a lot of people might not see Jade on the front end, but Jade's out here putting in work. Big Jade fan. Um, everybody from Text Me Records, everybody that's sitting in the audience, uh, Jackie and Joe. My wife was in here a little bit earlier. Chelsea, I don't know where she went, um, but probably don't have to, to shout right now. So whoop de woo. Um, everybody, if you haven't, uh, we co-host this on Huddle In, so if you want to check it out after the fact, it's on the Huddle In um podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts h-u-double-d-l-n if you haven't downloaded the app check it out we got lots of cool things get it in questions shoot them my way happy to help um louis natalie it's up to you go louis because i i got like um i got the pitchforks today of course my queen of course i was gonna ask you let's get it all right no i'm gonna be short i promise you know how it is all right so First of all, big fucking shout out to fucking Taifa out here on the fucking pin tweet of who's Ricky Lake talking about fucking how to support her fucking or not her fucking his fucking man fucking. And, and at one point, the video goes, look at my man's shirt. Yo, check out my man's shirt. What do you mean? It's right here. This is how you get involved, bro. So shout out Taifa. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize, my friend. 
But that was fucking dope to see. I really appreciate that type of fucking vibe and community. Um, and shout out Ricky Lake, obviously, for coming through tonight and being part of the crew and hanging out. Shout out the whole fucking co-host, 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 and fucking co-host fam. And when I say that, I mean Jared T and Natalie, obviously. But we got huddling in the background always. And shout out Joe and Jackie. And shout out Chelsea. Always the supporting acts and supporting cast of our lives. Big, Very big fucking deal. Don't take it lightly. Uh, and yeah, Meta Jacks, fucking Lindsay, Hexadise, Fishbrain, Easy. Uh, Natalie, of course, will come in with the pitchforks. But I am I am opening up. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to scream about it, but fuck it, I'm screaming about it. Let the boss get mad at me and put in the papers later. Metaverse Music Festival, November 17th to the day. One year anniversary of my hip-hop heads drop. I will be performing. I will be doing all types of crazy shit in the metaverse. I'm happy to fucking be able to fucking do it. I'm so fucking psyched about it. I can't lie. I'm a metaverse geek. Shout out uh, Digital Renaissance. I'm usually there in the mornings on Twitter spaces, 6 to 10 a.m. EST. Shout out Lowly Labs. And yeah, man, I'm just going to end it quick, man. I'm done. I'm not trying to do no long bullshit tonight. The pitchfork is up. I see a penny on the ground. Give it to me. You might want to put those kids to bed. <laughs> Where is Chelsea? Um, shout out to Ricky Lake. Like, that is, like, one of my favorite musician names in the space. Primarily because one of my cousins is on the real Ricky Lake, and he was lying, and it just brings back very fond memories. Um, and not just once. He was on there for, like, four times. Uh, <laughs> and, so, and so I super appreciate you, you incredible conversation. Excuse my uh, tardiness as, as always, because yeah, I'm just, I'm just me. Um, unapolog- unapologetically me. Um, so I got the pitchfork today. I was actually, I was absolutely 9,000% on a rampage since the last two weeks. I mean, when am I not on a rampage for the last two weeks? absolutely fucking ridiculous first of all fuck ovr aka over the reality sitting up in my dms hello carmen uh fucking talking shit about people that i actually fucking work with trying to get some sympathy no bitch not today you ain't no absolutely motherfucking not what you ain't gonna do is talk shit about musicians and people that i fuck with because you're mad because they're demanding that you pay them for their motherfucking work that amplified and blew up your motherfucking platform last year Top two experiences were from NVMF, so I'm going to need you to have a motherfucking seat, lady, and game-recognized game. What you going to do is pay creators in the space and stop trying to fucking exploit them. I'm not the fucking one, so I don't know, even know why you'd be in my motherfucking ass, because I'm absolutely the last person you should be talking to. Uh, secondly, fuck the CEO, COO, the the, grand, the, the fucking jerk, whatever. Fuck everybody at OVR, because y'all is really trying to come from the homie Hex's head. And try to salute. No, absolutely not. He fucking put your platform on. You need to fucking pay him. Stop being cheap as fuck. This is a problem with some of you platforms. People over platforms. I In the last, I've been here since 2016. Crypto much longer. I've seen it all. You wonder why I'm a grouchy ass fucking grandma? It is because people like this continue to exploit creators. And y'all act like I'm fucking crazy. I'm not crazy. I just don't put up a bullshit. Anyway, second pitchfork. No, fuck a pitchfork. You getting a whole ass flamethrower. Real fucking talk. Burn down the house. Burn, throw the garbage cans at your motherfucking ass. Fuck up your office. Steal your goddamn stapler. Fuck all of y'all at Decentraland that continue to co-op MVMF. We have worked way too motherfucking hard to amplify, build infrastructure, and create spaces for artists, musicians, landowners, technologists, 
all the motherfucking people put motherfuckers on their backs. I used to stand for two, three days onboarding people. I've literally onboarded fucking over 100,000 people into this motherfucking space. There's no fucking cap. No fucking cap. And so I am literally sick of motherfuckers co-opting the work that I am involved in, the communities, because motherfuckers want to get blasted off. So what I'm going to ask y'all to do is tweet the the tweet that I sat up there and put up the the carousel up there. And you don't have to even say shit. Just fucking retweet it. Retweet Rizzle for us. Because honestly, at this point, what we do have is social and community consensus. And I'm the real Noriega. Motherfuckers in the space owe me 100 favors. And I would at least ask y'all to retweet that if you want to get involved. Uh, please come hang out with us. We'll be having a jolly good fucking time. I don't know where they got these numbers from last year, but we literally fucking obliterated community ever, over every motherfucking thing. And if you want to get in the way with it, I will literally cut you the fuck out and I will take you to motherfucking court. So since these people want to continue to co-opt their names, I have no other choice or recourse but to hit up everybody that owes me a motherfucking favor to retreat that shit. Please, thank you. Have a nice day. Come get involved. Show up for the community. Stop, te- stop telling me about fucking community and y'all won't fucking show up. That is it. We will give you some tokens too, by the way. Uh, so that is alpha. We're releasing some tokens, and that is all I have to say. I put too much, too many people in position in the space, and some of y'all motherfuckers forgot where the fuck you came from. From Never mind, I ain't gonna say that. It's too spicy. But, like, that is all. I never talk about this shit, but I, I, I guess I have to, like, you know, scratch my balls a little bit and tell everybody what the fuck I've been doing and how I put mad people on and put these platforms on, onboarded people to OpenSea Foundation, bigged up all these fucking platforms. Fuck these platforms. All about my people. Let's go. That is it. Yo, someone needs to get Natalie a blunt. Help her out. I told y'all I'm not in the mood today. Fuck Carmen one more time. <laughs> By the way, so you inspired me right there too uh, with the Rick Ross quote. I, I'm, I got to get one of the Rick Ross sounds on this soundboard here, a hundred percent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on that note, you are here in the place to be. Web three music NFTs. We outside for another episode. Shut it down. Music Monday. Shout out the OGs, Jared T. Natalie Crew, special guest Ricky Lakes, K Mayfield, see you, my brother. Much love. Happy to see you, Mitch. What up? Everybody who kicked it with us tonight, you don't gotta go home, but you gotta get the hell out of here. On that note, join us, Metaverse Music Festival, November. Look out for it. Peace out. Bye. I love you, King.